be attentive. Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychikos to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, that they may not believe and be saved. 
And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of a temptation fall away. And as for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word of God, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. As he said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him To all the people, and to your spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My homily will be about the sower and the seeds, but I wanted to just draw attention very briefly to the fact that we also today remember the Holy Fathers, the 767 of them, 367 of them, sorry, not so many, who met at the Seventh Ecumenical Council that uh, was the second ecumenical council that took place in Nicaea. And the focus of that council was the icon. And I want to just remind you that the iconoclastic controversy lasted 120 years. So it was not an easy time for the people of the church. 120 years, to put it in perspective, would put us all the way back into the 19th century. Uh, So a long time. And there were martyrdoms from this controversy. Uh, There was a lot of struggle and a lot of strife. But out of it we had articulated in a very clear way the central theology of the icon, which is the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when they were finally restored, it was considered a triumph of orthodoxy because it was a triumph of that doctrine of incarnation. So now focusing our attention on the Gospel according to St. Luke, we have this parable of the sower and the seeds that we hear at least once every year. And I debated because of that whether I should focus on it at all. And I even asked my wife, and she said, oh, you have to preach on that because I need to hear it again. And so with that, you're going to hear it again. Uh, But it's not really because my wife said she needed to hear it again. It's really because I need to hear it again. Because this parable is really about the human heart, the soul of every one of us. And even though there are four different types of soil being talked about, and we might think that we're talking about four different types of people, the truth of the matter is is that every single one of us, at any one time, 
can have a little bit of all four types of soil in our lives. Maybe characterized by more of one than the other, but indeed there is a hardened path in my heart, there are rocks in my heart, there are thorns in my heart, and hopefully there's some good soil there too. So the sower is none other than Christ himself. And St. John Chrysostom says that when he says that he comes forth, we're to understand that this is his coming forth in the incarnation, his putting on of the human flesh, the human nature, joining himself to our humanity and coming forth as a sower. Notice that it says that he is sowing. He does not come and plow. He does not come himself and treat the soil. He comes to sow the seed. And this is because two things the fathers say. One, those who came before him, the patriarchs, the judges, the prophets, have done the plowing. They have been the ones who have prepared the way for the sower to come and to sow his seed. And the other meaning is that we are called to do the plowing, the fertilizing, to come in and make sure that the soil is ready for the sower to come and cast forth his seed. Another point that the fathers make is that it doesn't say... If you look at the text, that the sower deliberately casts forth his seed into the different types of soil. It says that some soil fell, some seeds fell among the different types of soil. So that is for us to understand that it's not God's fault if three out of the four different areas of seed did not bear fruit, it is the fault of us because of the condition of our heart. In any farm, the sower, of course, wants his seed to fall only on the good soil. But inevitably, there's going to be those other types of soil found inside of that garden area. And those seeds will not grow and bear fruit. And that's the other thing that I wanted to say in a preparatorial way, and that is that three out of the four types of soil do not bear fruit unto salvation. Only one quarter of all of that seed that the sower sows, that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ sows, will bear fruit unto salvation. And this bears out the saying that the highway is wide that leads to destruction, and many are they who follow it. And the path is narrow that leads to eternal life, and few are those who seek it. This is something that I think is worth repeating, because... Especially in the, in, the, in, the, in the way things are going in our world. To be a Christian today is not an easy thing. And it's not going to get easier. It's going to become more difficult. The way that leads to destruction is wide and many are they who follow it. It's almost as if that's the current 
and the herd mentality is rushing down that way and it's very easy to get caught up in that mass of humanity going the wrong direction. But the path that leads to eternal life is narrow and few are those who seek it. It's an intentional thing. To find the path of eternal life means that we have to be looking for it. It's not going to be a wide-open, well-marked, well-traveled highway. It's going to be a path that is hidden, and you have to seek it. So you young people, I don't know if you listen to the sermons or if they go past you, but if you walk away with anything, walk away with this, that for you to finish your life as an Orthodox Christian and your heart to be good soil that bears much fruit unto salvation, you are going to have to be intentional about your faith. It can't be the faith of your parents. It can't be the faith of your grandparents. It has to be yours. And the sooner you make it yours before you leave their household and go out into that world with all the choices that are bombarding you, and it's already happening now, especially for those of you who are in middle school and high school, you know well what I'm talking You have to seek the narrow path. And the soil of your heart has to be well plowed and fertile. So to continue with the parable. It's interesting that Jesus doesn't say the careless received the seed and lost it. The rich received the seed and choked it out. The superficial also received the seed and betrayed it. St. John Chrysostom says that Jesus told this parable so that his teaching would be a gentle one, not a severe one. Because God wants people to be able to understand it, and He wants the reproof that comes from not obeying it from the conscience of the hearer, not because the word itself is so harsh that we have to reject it. So let's look at the different types of soil. Soil number one. And keep in mind what we're talking about. We're talking about the condition of the human heart. The interior life of each one of us. How much time do we spend every single day cultivating the interior life of our human person? Compared to what is happening outside of us that is finding its way in, in, in. So the number one type of soil is the hard beaten path where the seed is trodden underfoot and is devoured by the birds. I want to ask a question. If the heart, if the very soul of a human being is the most important treasure that God has given each one of us, if it's a house and all of the most valuable things that we have as human beings are stored within it, why would we open it up? Why would we pave a highway through it and allow every single trespasser, including the devil, including the 
ways of the fallen world, and including every single human being who wants to find their way in. Why would we do that? This is what Jesus is saying about the first type of soil. He's talking about having a well-worn path right through our hearts that every single person is allowed to come and trespass through, that the devil is allowed to come and trespass through, that all of these thoughts, all of these stimuli, all of these messages, these deceits, and these lies are allowed to come in. What kind of seed is able to bear fruit in that condition, in that environment? Obviously not. So the question for us again is, what is happening in our own hearts? How critical are we in our watchfulness of what we allow in? Is there a path right through our home where all the valuables are that every single trespasser could come in and steal and kill and destroy what is treasured and priceless inside that home? Soil number two. This is the rock. The rock that's found in the garden. Where people hear, they receive the message with joy, but they have no root. And they fall because of temptation. So this seed is the gospel truth. It is the pearl of great price. It is the food of life. And if it falls on a rock, it is not going to have the depth to be able to germinate and bear fruit. So this is describing a person, so says the fathers, that does not exercise the faith that they have been given. For every single human being has been given some measure of faith. Every one of us. Just like every one of us has been given intelligence. Every one of us has been given muscles. Every one of us has been given these things to exercise them so that they can expand and grow and become stronger and more useful. The same is true for faith. Every one of us has been given a major faith, but we do not all exercise it. And so what happens if we do not exercise our faith? We get controlled by fear. We get controlled by the passions and the weaknesses that we humans are besought with. This allows other things to take place in our heart. A person who is characterized by fear and doubt and coldness of heart may receive the message immediately with some joy, but when temptation comes, they're not able to withstand it. This is really important for us. Because today, we are tempted a lot. And there are lots of things that are going on in the world for Christians that are scary, that are fearful. Even in in the United States, the attitude towards Christians is becoming increasingly hostile. Christians are being marginalized more and more and more. And the more conservative or traditional you are as a Christian, which describes every Orthodox Christian, the more marginalized you are, the more hostile the world is becoming toward you. 
This is a temptation, especially if we are not exercising our faith and we are characterized by fear. To be a Christian in the 21st century, my dear brothers and sisters, is going to take courage. Courage is one of the cardinal virtues of the Christian life. And it is not characterized by the rocks that are found in the garden. Soil number three. Thorns which choke out the seeds. These thorns represent the cares and the worries of the world. They characterize the love of riches. Not riches themselves, the love of riches. In the Gospel of Matthew, the same parable, the evangelist says that it's characterized by the deceitfulness of riches. Having wealth is a deceiver into thinking that you're secure, into thinking that you have power, to thinking that you can do whatever you want and you're okay in this life, temporally speaking. So, the love of riches and the deceitfulness of riches. It's also characterized by an attachment to the pleasures of this life. And I would suggest that every single American is plagued by attachment to worldly and earthly pleasures. We've been given so much. We've been deprived so little. How can we not be attached to earthly pleasures? I confess that I am. And you all probably would confess that you are. It's not the pleasures of life in themselves. It's the degree of our attachment to them. The Lord made things in life pleasurable. He made them very good. When we interact with them, they can be pleasurable. There's no sin in that. But when they become more important than our relationship with God, this is a thorn in our heart. And this thorn will choke out the life of the plant that is to bear good fruit. Finally, we come to the fourth soil, the good soil. Three things are said about the souls who have good soil who are being saved. Number one, they keep Christ's word. Number two, they bring forth fruit. Number three, they bring forth fruit continually with patient endurance. Let me repeat those. They keep Christ's word in their heart. They protect it. They hold it. They cultivate it. They nurture it. They bring forth fruit. They act upon what has been planted there. They do everything in their power to nurture and cultivate it so that it can bear fruit. And they never stop. They never stop learning. They never stop repenting. They never stop growing. They don't rest. They don't fall back. They don't replace the seed with bad habits. They don't get comfortable. This is the three things that the Holy Father said about this good soil. The parable in Matthew says that not all of those with good soil are going to bear the same bountiful harvest, one to the other. Some will bear fruit a hundredfold, some will bear fruit sixtyfold, and others thirtyfold. This is why it's not 
always profitable to compare ourselves with others. Just like the parable of the talents, one received five, the other two, one, one. Both the two and the five doubled their talents, but they didn't end up with the same. But they were both blessed by God because they were stewards of what God had given them. And everyone with good soil who is a steward of the seed, the truth, God's teachings that have been placed in their heart, they will bear fruit, but it may not be the same. St. John Chrysostom further goes on to say that with nature, the hard path cannot change itself. The rock cannot change itself. The thorns cannot be pulled of their own accord. But with a human being who has reason and who has the freedom of self-determination, all three bad kinds of soil can change into good soil. That's the good news. And I wanted to end and close with a quote from him. He says, What if you are indeed free from riches, but are soft and weak due to a slavery to worldly pleasures? And what if you are not soft and not unmanly, but are remiss and careless about hearing the word? No, we must be careful in everything pertaining to our salvation. First, a careful hearing of God's truths, teachings, and doctrines is necessary. Second, we must continually recollect them and not forget them. Third, we must apply them to our lives with courage and fortitude. Fourthly, we must not be deceived by riches, but use them responsibly to the glory of God. And finally, we must pray earnestly for deliverance by God from an attachment to all worldly things that can distract us and cause our hearts to grow cold toward God and the love of our neighbor. I'll make that available to you if you want later because it's a great recipe for life. Amen.